Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. If you're anything like me, your health is very important to you. I know you listen to the show for tips to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Well, I have some great news for you. James Miller Lifeology has partnered with BioOptimizers Nutrition. As an avid nutrition and exercise enthusiast, I thought I knew a lot. But after taking a 12-week health course BioOptimizers offers and implementing their supplements, I noticed a huge difference in my energy and my digestive tract. Since you're a listener of Lifeology Radio, BioOptimizers is offering you the same 12-week course absolutely free. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements to take this free course. Here is a sample of what you'd learn. How to get 70% more energy in 30 seconds or less. The ultimate key to high performance, health, and longevity. How to turn the tide against uncontrollable food cravings. How to select the most powerful supplements for you. How to stay lean and trim without sacrifice. The simplest and fastest way to detoxification and great skin. And much, much more. To get access to this awesome health course, simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements and sign up today. Once again, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements or simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you be aware of your emotional intelligence. I'll also be interviewing business coach and expert Caroline Stokes, who's going to share her wisdom and how she helps businesses improve the emotional intelligence for recruiters to help them find the right candidates for each position. For more information about Caroline, please visit theforward.co and theirecruiter.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Emotional intelligence. We've all heard of people's IQ. In other words, how smart they are. But many of us don't know that there's another version of that, which is called your emotional intelligence, or in other words, your EQ. You're going to hear a phenomenal interview with my guest, Caroline Stokes, who's going to talk about how she uses this in the business world to really help businesses find the right candidates for positions. But I wanted to broaden this to help you understand how this affects you in your everyday life. Your emotional intelligence is essentially how much introspection do you have in your own life? How do you interact with the people around you? How do you pick up on the nuances or how the people around you act? Are you able to understand what's happening and be able to respond in a healthy way? In previous episodes, I've talked with you about how it works with how we perceive something and then what we do. In other words, any thought you have determines what your emotions are. Your emotions will then determine what your body does. So if you're in a situation and all of a sudden you become really angry, you perceive the situation that you have to then be on the defensive. So therefore your thought determines what your emotions are and that's where your anger comes in. And then your body tells you what to do. When you improve your emotional intelligence, it helps you then immediately capture that thought to say, 
Well, what are my options? If I feel like I need to defend myself, well, that's one option. But there's many other ways in which you can look at a situation. So one of the things I always tell people is to always have an internal scan. And in this internal scan, you want to separate between what your body feels like and what your emotions are. For example, if I wake up one day and I have a cold, well, obviously my body is going to feel under the weather. But if I wake up in a bad mood, it doesn't mean that I can't do all the things I need to do today. So when you have this internal scan on a scale of one to 10, 10 is the best you feel and one's the worst you feel, when you can always check in with yourself and say, well, what are my emotions right now? And if my emotions are a little bit lower than what I thought they were, well, then I have to ask myself, well, what am I thinking about? What has happened in this past hour or so to cause me to feel a certain way? So when you can do this internal scan, it puts you in the place of being proactive to say, all right, this situation happened to me an hour or two ago. Why am I still feeling this way? And when you can constantly practice this over and over again, it puts the responsibility back in you to say, now I have a choice. How am I going to respond? So the more often you practice this, it immediately allows you to make an informed choice of what you're going to focus your thoughts on in the moment. So if you're triggered because you practice so much, you can immediately say, this is what my thought is. I don't want to react in a certain way. So what are my options? So it's really good for you to have a stronger internal awareness because that is going to really improve your emotional intelligence. It's interesting. There's actually what's called facial action coding system. It's a fancy term to basically say there are ways in which to study the musculature, the muscle movements of one's face to really help people understand what that person's experiencing. So once again, whatever our thoughts are determines our emotions, which determines what our body does. And in this situation, the body is your face. We're going to look at that. So you can definitely study that on your own, but when you can really understand the nuances of the body language that people are demonstrating towards you, or when you can listen to the inflections in one's voice, or the way their body is maybe moving away from you, or the non-committal responses that they have, all of that is great data and great information for you to really understand what's happening with that person around you. So when you can practice this within yourself, and then also be aware of what's happening around you, it helps you engage with people in a very healthy way. And the more introspection you have, the greater your emotional intelligence will be to help transform any situation you're in. Because remember, we're all world changers. And the more you're able to change the world around you, the healthier it's going to be. So today, really implement these little techniques. Remember, whatever you think determines what you feel, determines what you do. And the more often you can practice this, the healthier and stronger your emotional intelligence is going to be. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. Caroline Stokes is an executive headhunter, certified executive coach, and EQ practitioner. She is a founder of two companies, Forward Human Capital Solutions and the Emotionally Intelligent Recruiter Podcast, as well as having her own educational platform. Caroline likes to move everyone from the C-suite to emerging forward leaders. Welcome to my show, Caroline. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure, James. Yes, I can't wait to talk about all the amazing things that you're doing. You are a slightly different type of guest than I typically have, but the great thing about Lifeology is we're all learning and growing in such a way that we can simplify and transform our spirit, mind, and body. So your topic today is going to be very relevant for my listeners as well. Mm, thank you. I think that's a, that's a very good point. <laughs> great. Now, did you always know that you wanted to go in the field of recruiting? 
No, it wasn't until I was, it was around about in the 90s, I was working for Sony as a marketing and PR and brand person launching the PlayStation in the 90s. And I just remember walk, looking around the room thinking, there's something wrong with, with this picture. We're everybody mm-hmm. around in this room that they're either not happy, maybe they've been brought into this role and they're not right fit, or, you know, the, the, the people aren't going through their own leadership development and uh, just have, have, have maybe not been hired appropriately. And that's when the idea came into my mind, probably around about 96, 1996, where I thought this is actually all not working out. Mm. But I have to say, when I was when I was at college, I loved both marketing and I loved HR. And mm. I decided to go for the dark side of marketing um, <laughs> with consumer and uh, consumer <laughs> electronics and entertainment uh, back in the 90s that had uh, more kind of cachet and mm-hmm. sex appeal. Yes. Isn't it so interesting that we have so many different life experiences, but we can reflect back on our life and say, yes, that was a one moment that pushed me into the direction that I'm supposed to go in my life. And then Mm -hmm. it sounds like you, that when you were working for PlayStation, that you were looking around at the different culture or maybe the different types of way that people were growing and developing. And then perhaps that was the moment that had you stop and think, maybe I need to go in a different direction in my own life. Maybe I need to do this on a much more expansive level. Mm. But it's very confusing at that time, James, because Mm -hmm. at that that time you're thinking, oh, but I'm on this career trajectory. I could potentially, if I, you know, put my mind to it and maybe if I got an MBA, I could become the CEO of something. you know, a large organization, maybe a Sony or whatever. There's there there are ways when you're in that privileged position to be able to move in that direction. Sure. But I felt very, very conflicted and I felt conflicted for a long time until I actually got onto that path. And it really wasn't until um around about two thousand and five. So we're talking oh, wow. you know, okay. last last decade. Mm-hmm. And that's when I made the the transition into headhunting and it's very much marketing based because you have to think about what the organization is having to do, what direction they need to take, what what, what di- direction they need to go, what all the options there. And also to think about the employer brand and how they are attracting people. And then once they're in that organization, how they can actually um, uh, lead, train and develop the, the people that they have that have in there. Because this was my aha moment around about 1996, which is it's the people that develop the product. It's the people that drive the company. It's the sure. people that make all of that happen. And that's what I found most fascinating. Yes, it's definitely interesting when you look at the whole cultural component. And we'll definitely talk about that in just a second. But I have a question here, and this is going to show my ignorance. Coming from the DC area, and there's so many recruiters out there. Well, obviously, there's so many mm. recruiters everywhere. But many of them were independent people who would recruit for different companies. Do you find that that's typically, that that's how the recruiting world works or is it typically in-house? So, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a reason why I asked that question. I just wanted to clarify Uh, first. I'll explain. So sure. you've got, uh, you, you are absolutely going to have recruiters that are in-house. For larger mm. organizations, you're going to have those recruiters in-house because it's going to be the most cost-effective way sure, to ensure that, that you uh-huh. bring on the talent that are absolutely the right fit. Uh, but there are always areas for, for that development. And there's a lot of areas that are developing right now in the world of AI and machine mm-hmm. learning and automation and all of those different aspects that are able to enhance the way at, um, organizations find the right people to 
that will really create the right direction for those companies moving forward. But then you have the individual uh, contributors, the individual agencies that can be anything from one solitary headhunters through Mm -hmm. to miniature groups, through to franchise operations. Oh, okay. And uh, I was actually coaching somebody or an organization in New York, franchise in New York, and they had um, a consortium of uh, headhunters all around North America. And uh, I was coaching them on how to become an emotionally intelligent recruiter. So the interesting thing there is that you've got this combination of great recruiters internally, you've got recruiters externally, and then you've got smaller companies that might have your general estate HR person that will have to manage everything. And Mm, that's just- Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That would be so overwhelming. Well, the reason why I was asking that is because if you look at the environment or the culture of any organization, one really has to have the pulse of that, of what it feels like, what it looks like, what it's all about. The difficulty with recruiters, and of course, we're going to talk about the emotional intelligence and emotional quotient, but it sounds like you were finding that historically recruiters were just filling slots or just filling positions. And in seeing that over the years, you were watching or seeing that that culture was not thriving in a way that it could. So really going towards the mission of the organization. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a combination of, of a combination of that and also how can a recruiter actually evolve so they can develop a true partner partnership approach or a partner approach with the companies as well as the talent mm-hmm. that they work with. Because it's it's like you, you you're not dealing with somebody that's just picking up your garbage and putting your garbage into, you know, the, the truck. This is sure. this is a very important role that requires the human connected skills and also understanding a lot about the, the client. There are lots and lots of recruiters out there that do a great job, but Equally, even those people that are doing a great job need development. I'm sure they're mm-hmm. already going through their own develop, personal development and professional development curve. I always am. I'm or I, Every single year I put money aside uh, specifically to learn new aspects. Mm. And I, I encourage that. And uh, it's, it's important that for recruiters that think, oh, no, this is fine. This is where my job is going to be for the next two, three, four, five, six years. The data out there really does suggest that actually it's going to be more human connected because you're going to have the technology out there sooner rather than that much later Mm. that will enable those individuals to work uh, much faster, which is the the cornerstone of a really good recruiter is being able to work fast. Exactly. But to, to do the turnaround, you also need now to expand the experience or the skill set in dealing with humans in a much more, uh, I call it a connected way, which is to really listen to the the candidate, listen to the client, really understand what the what the role is about, what the company is doing. So just going back to your previous point, when you have an in-house recruiter, they know mm-hmm. the beat of the company, they know it inside and out, they can anticipate what's going to be changing, and they can they can all, all already identify whether or not they're going to be needing to hire somebody down the road. You know, if you're thinking about um, succession planning or you know that new developments are are, are afoot or a new product is being developed or there's an acquisition or whatever, those those individuals have that understanding. However, the recruiters don't because they don't have that kind of access. However, when I interviewed... um, Oh, I've forgotten his name, Daniel <laughs> Burris, uh, from the, uh, who, who's author of the Anticipatory Organization. We all have the yeah, ability yeah. 
to be able to understand what the what is coming on down the line uh, just by looking at certain trends, looking to see what is happening. For example, we know that there's a recession coming. We mm-hmm. you know we don't know if it's going to be next June or in three years' time, but it's coming, and we need to be prepared for that. And one of the things about recruiters um, is that we recruiters as a field we're incredibly busy right now yes and guess what last time we were incredibly busy a recession came shortly afterwards oh, so it's about being prepared <laughs> sure. and being able to adapt being very adaptable that's part of emotional intelligence being flexible being able to manage stress being optimistic and that doesn't and being optimistic doesn't mean oh let's just you know skip into the hills this is about thinking okay so this is what's going to strategizing happen in the of course yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is what's going to happen in the future but what what exactly should I be preparing for yes. rather than just being doom and gloom? Well, yeah, exactly. Because you want to come from a place of productivity or come from a place of success as opposed to the disempowerment or that there's no other options or that doom and gloom, as you called it earlier. So the preparation part of it or using that data from years past or previous recessions, if you will, will really allow you to come at it from a place of growth as opposed to a place of deficit. Yes. So this is all about emotional intelligence, you know. Well, yes. Well, I definitely (laughs) like to talk about that because I may have some listeners who don't know what emotional quotient or the emotional intelligence is. Would you like to explain what that is? Yeah. Emotional intelligence is about uh, social and emotional functioning, how Mm -hmm. you manage in those situations when something happens and and everything happens in the brain. And I think the majority of us forget that. I remember Mm -hmm. I forgot that. It wasn't (laughs) until, or didn't even know that. I think I was in my late thirties until I, or my mid thirties until I went, oh, Actually, I should really be addressing my brain here. This might be causing all of these different aspects yes. to go wrong or to go right. Or what am I doing? And, you know, having that that self-reflection, which a, a lot of people might think is a bit hippy-dippy, but it's actually crucial to have that uh, oh my gosh, uh, of emotional course. self-awareness. Yes, because when you can read a room or <laughs> using a media term, when you can really read the room and understand the situation as it is of what's really going on, either with a person or just the situation as a whole, understanding the word choices that we use, understanding the nuances of the body language, of the body movement, really gives you a, a clear understanding of what is happening and allows you to be much more proactive and much more successful in your interaction with that person. But on a different note, what I always tell my clients or the people with whom I work, when we look at all the different scales of intelligence, and there's actually 11 different versions of intelligence, but when you compare one's IQ, that intelligence quotient, compared to one's EQ, that emotional quotient, the ability to really interact with people, you'll find that most people who may have a lower IQ than an incredibly smart person will often feel very intimidated. And so when they interact with that person, because that person, the really smart person doesn't have the best interactive or social skills, they'll often find that they feel less than because there isn't that give and take. There isn't that ability to read that room, if you will, or read that person well enough. And so when that really smart person doesn't give it back, the person who can read that room really well doesn't really know what to do with that. So I always tell people one's IQ and one's EQ are both incredibly important. Absolutely. It's ideal to have both working yes. together in <laughs> harmony. Uh, have, having it unbalanced, it, 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 it can show up. When it definitely can show you know, up. Yes. Just when you're, when you're out getting gas, it can show up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I am sure that I've been just as unbalanced as many other people in my own life before too. 
And that's human. That is the beauty. It does sound like a hippy dippy kind of person. No, here. I totally but get it. This is the beauty of us being human. And when you look at that from a self perception and self regard aspect, if we're unable to just take a step, take a moment and go, you know what? I made an error. I made an error. Yeah. Let me just apologize for that right now. Um, and, and who, to whomever that might be. So you're, so, so you, you then move on rather yes. than it just eroding your self-regard, which can impact everything. Yes. Once you let something go, it's a completely different reset. Let's jump right on into the emotional intelligence or the emotional quotient that you use with recruiters. Although this can be applicable to all people, improving one's emotional intelligence or one's emotional awareness. But how are you really connecting that in the field of recruiting? That's a big answer. But, in, <laughs> <laughs> but this is where I think w with the majority of emotional intelligence uh, uh, tools that or courses that are out there, it really they really do focus on the individual and and how they can move forward. However, I wanted to drill in with the recruiter aspect because sure. Number one, the World Economic Forum, uh, future of jobs, uh, data from last year, and numerous other another data sources from McKenzie's, etc. State two say two very important things. Number one, you've got uh, emotional intelligence as a top ten uh, core competency that is required uh, in 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 the next few years. Mm -hmm. That is going to be main place because, coincidentally, there's a lot of. Um, STEM and uh, machine learning and AI mm -hmm. and technology data uh, tools and materials that are going to be available for the people that will be able to work. So people need to develop their emotional intelligence to balance. So we go back to that IQ and that EQ balance thing again. It's a very similar scenario. So the reason why I went down the, the particular path of recruiters is that uh, they- Yeah, I'm understanding this. Yeah, yes. they yeah, are an ignored sector. <laughs> yes. Uh, HR mm. will get their um, their their courses and they will get their degrees and their qualifications and their CHRMs and so on and so forth. Recruiters don't. They don't get that kind of communication that says, hey, guess what? You're human and you are able to deal with humans as well. And this is how you're able to adapt in this particular scenario. So it's very focused on them. But yes, when when we actually place candidates mm -hmm. with Forward, so the separate company, once we place candidates or if we're doing executive coaching, we will conduct an emotional intelligence um, quotient and assessment and debrief and coaching for three months that will enable them to transition within all of the different uh, goals that they have. That's beautiful. That's really amazing. When you look at the emotional intelligence, how do you really quantify that with the assessments or maybe the metrics that you use? Recruiters don't have a specific tool. I use the emotional quotient inventory 2.0 that is was originally created by Reuven Baron, and mm -hmm. that's that's a tool that can be adapted for use for anyone. It's a very very important tool. The difference is is that as I mentioned earlier, you go a little bit deeper into uh, number one understanding the, the the situation and the challenges that recruiters face, how they are able to adapt in their scenario because the majority of the um, tools and assessments and qualifications and uh, courses are, are, that are out there are typically for HR personnel and uh, recruiters yeah, uh. are ignored to a degree um, yeah. that they may get social media training so they're able to socially reach out to 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 to, um, to candidates and to do that that type of then uh, they can they can become registered or certified uh, recruiters that, that know how to use social media but really that is the technical function versus the human function 
and how recruiters deal with their stress, how they deal with their emotional self-awareness, how they deal with ah, the okay. in, interpersonal relationships, problem mm-hmm. solving, reality testing, decision making, all of these and more fit into developing a recruiter so they are able to transition into that, uh, into the AI age, as I call it. Mm-hmm. So if I understand this correctly, the whole aspect is really getting that person's, uh, from a HR standpoint or from an employee standpoint, to really understand one's triggers, if you will, or the interpersonal reactions or connections that they have with others. And so that when they do hire a potential candidate, really understanding their own interpersonal effectiveness, and then once that's really managed, it creates for a stronger connection because then now they have a better understanding of how to really be in sync or really connect in a way that perhaps they never would have been able to do before had they not had this stronger EQ presence. Mm. Imagine how much change that is that, 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 that we are asking people to do. Oh my gosh, yeah. That, that there's a huge jump. And one thing that I found over the, over the years that I've been using the EQ 2.0 uh, quotient system is that it's, or should I say tool and assessment, is that it really expedites change and growth and development. It's one of the fastest tools in really being able wow. to understand what it is that is going on under the hood in the brain box. And and you can just bring everything to the surface mm-hmm. very quickly and you then coach through those things in a, in a very productive and proactive way. And uh, that that really is the cornerstone of this because I've, I've been a coach for many years now and the challenge that you have, as, as I'm sure you know, is that y- you only kind of scratch the surface in the first few months when you're dealing with somebody. Every now and again, you might come across the the absolute gem where mm-hmm. they're so emotionally aware that they can just bring it all out because <laughs> yeah. they're very good at articulating what's going on. But in general, if we as individuals are so busy focusing on what we need to do, our desk jobs, for example, that we're unable to just take that breather, we'd have no idea how we're showing up. So this is just a great opportunity to ex- expedite that change uh, through awareness, through understanding, and then the, through through the coaching and th- through the coach work, through the courses that that we create. And uh, it's is much more powerful. I found that the majority of the coaching, uh, wow. just because I've yeah. gone through those different scenarios. I compare three months, a three month engagement compared to a year. It can just cut it right down, down to three months. Really? Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is amazing. From a results perspective, I think it's absolutely crucial. From a, a traditional coaching model wow. perspective, I, I think a lot of coaches would kind of flinch. But you know, at the end of the day, it's about it's about developing the people that you're working with. Mm, yeah, well, especially if you have the success with that as well, because that, that data doesn't lie at all. In particular, if you can see how it's really cut down on that as well. And have those people grow so quickly. That is absolutely amazing. And also with your forward company as well, I believe that's what it's called. And that's where someone gets more additional training after they've been hired. You really help them improve their own EQ to really maximize or to really help them fit into that culture in which they were hired, correct? Mm, yes. So, so first of all, we're wow, hired that's when great. We're, we're, forward, we're hired specifically to find those unicorns that nobody else can find. And that's that's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity because, again, you, there's the partnership approach whereby you're having to do the deep dive on what's going on and to understand what's going on in the market to be able to bring the right people forward. And that's that's always a, 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 a game that changes every single day mm, in sure. every single way. It's a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah, it's actually a lot of fun. And then once we place the candidate uh, and they become an employee, they're then coached for 90 days, 90 to 100 
100 days and that's a kickoff meeting with all of the 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 stakeholders within the organization and the new hire. And then they have coaching every single week. Uh, the, the new hire gets coaching every single week. They have, um, uh, they go through the EQ and at the end, uh, they have a mini 360. So they, they're unable to work out what they need to achieve for the next 90 days. Wow. I love it. That is absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> well, Caroline, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and your forward human capital solutions and the Emotionally Intelligent Recruiter podcast, where would they find this information online? So for headhunting, it's www.theforward.co for the Emotionally Intelligent Recruiter podcast to just go straight to theirecruiter.com. Well, wonderful. Well, Caroline, once again, thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. It was a fascinating topic. Thank you, James. It's been such a pleasure. Appreciate your time. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.